0: Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queen's podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched 13th, released in 2016 and directed by Ava DuVernay. Um, the plot of this documentary is goes something like this. Um, an in-depth look at the prison system in the United States and how it reveals the nation's history of racial inequality. It's kind of the other way around. It's kind of like the way that racial inequality in America, like, turned into the prison system right you know like it's this is the thing that i had with 13th both times i watched it it feels a lot like a history lesson or a history lecture where like everything goes past past really fast and you have to take notes or you're going to miss everything and Mm. sometimes i can't quite grasp what the connection is between the thing that just happened and the thing that i'm watching now but there's so many things in there that are really interesting and i feel like they're kind of slipping through my fingers as i'm trying to hold on to them there's a
1: lot you actually mentioned a lot of things there. Um, so kind of dealing with them bit by bit. Um, I think the reason it's, the plot is described that way is because I've taken the plot from the filmmaker and Ava DuVernay set out to make a movie about prisons right, and ended up making a movie about the way that um, institutions remake themselves and racism mm. continues to perpetuate throughout those institutions. So, yeah, I would agree on that it feels very pedagogical. Yeah. Is that the word? Um, it feels very much like you're in a classroom. In, in ele- I actually took notes mm. because I had to write things down because and this is an ignorance on my part but also I'm Australian and so I've come up with different history lessons than, than American listeners but I didn't know which amendment the 13th one was and it's the one um, that made slavery illegal in the US. I, I, I don't of, think that's something that. Like is,
0: I mean, like I didn't have that off, off the top of my head. No, but it's yeah. not something that we would necessarily. No, I did not have that off to the, the top of
1: my head. And so that stuff, and I've started like writing down, you know, um, statistics and things like that as well. Although I didn't didn't catch all of them because it did it went by so fast. And now, um, when I watched this on Netflix, there's an interview that auto played afterwards with that Oprah did with Ava DuVernay, um, like earlier this year, so several months after the the movie first came out, and um, that kind of helped explain to me why it felt that way because part of Ava DuVernay's aims going in were education and she also really wanted to keep it like movie length Mm. so this um and we've just watched the Oscars like today so you'll excuse me if I can go back to Oscars stuff (laughs) a little too often but um, the film that won against this at the Oscars today which was about O.J. Simpson which was which was not a movie which was a tv show that had been re-edited into a 600 and something minute movie, like a nearly eight hours movie, um, which is absolutely ridiculous. That is a loophole, and that is not like that's I mean, it was a good TV show apparently, but that just doesn't seem right to win that way. No, um, Ava DuVernay very deliberately did not make a TV show about this. She made a movie, and I think that's actually causes some of the problems that both of us had watching this. Yep. Everything comes at you so fast. Um, And it's like 100 minutes long. And I think that was – she'd set herself a target. I only wanted to be 100 minutes long, which is kind of good in that you do – you will just sit down and watch it. And she is – she's right in some ways. She was more likely to get, you know, a person's attention for a little bit over an hour and a half rather than, like, trying to get them to watch a seven-part documentary, which people won't always get around to. Um, But at the same time, yeah, for me at least, and I have a fairly good understanding of some of this. Like I knew who a lot of these people were still came at me way too fast and I kept like having to pause and go back and see who somebody was and then do it again.
0: I didn't know a lot of the specifics, but a lot of the general stuff I knew. Um, and I did know, especially when it came to the end of it, I've seen all of those segments on Alec um and i knew a lot about that stuff mm. so um, i had never heard of alec and so to me that was like the biggest revelation of yeah. the film and that's what the film is setting up for you that that's yeah. the biggest revelation but i've seen that um that john oliver segment i've seen them cover that on a lot of shows and i knew about alec um so that wasn't a huge revelation to me that was just more like i and i have heard a lot of this kind of stuff before and i've seen a lot of this Mm. um a lot of these sort of stories before which doesn't mean that it's not worth watching again but it just means that i i did know a lot like you know what i'm like with history i'll I'll have a good idea of the broad kind of the overarching ideas but i'm very bad at like exactly when things happened Mm. and and dates and names and stuff so um but i did have a better idea of this general thing um system i think Mm. um but the stuff that was really interesting to me, the stuff that generated genuine drama, the stuff that was ge- like really kind of something that I could grip onto, um, it seemed to go by really fast, but it was the same. I've watched it twice. I watched it a week ago and then we didn't get to record last week. So um, we put, well, we did, but we did the Oscars one and we didn't have a lot of time. So we put it off till this week. I rewatched it on the weekend and I found my attention wandering in the same places and caught by the same things. Um, Angela Davis's story, and the story of the other woman whose name I don't remember who um, – Asata Shakur?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd never heard of Asata Shakur. I'd heard of Angela Davis. She's really well-known. But I'd never heard of Asata Shakur. I want a whole movie about Asata Shakur. I want a whole movie about both of them. And not, I, could... I want a whole movie about Angela Davis too. Although, again, from this is from the, the, doc, the Oprah interview afterwards. Apparently, Angela Davis was the hardest interview to get and the one they had the least time with, mm. um, which makes sense because she's in very high demand. But, yeah. I want a whole movie about her.
0: Me too. I I could just watch her talk for like that, that, just Mm -hmm. that section where she's Mm -hmm. talking about what it was like for her growing up. Both times I was hooked, Mm -hmm. right? And
1: she's a professor as well. She's at like UC uh, Berkeley, I think, or one one of the universities of California. Imagine being in her class, like being a first year 18 year old and having her walk in and tell those stories. I know. It'd be amazing. Yeah. And she's amazing. And that was, that was
0: fascinating to me. Um, There's this bit, there's one bit where, um, there's a guy called Grover something and he's talking about, and he's a conservative white guy and he's talking about, um, the politics, um, mm. uh, I think the, um, um, criminalization of black men. Yep um and and starting the, with the drugs and the crack cocaine and all that sort of stuff mm. and then there's another guy and he said he laughs and he says thanks grover and i was like that's the most genuine moment of emotion that i've had in this movie and i rewound that three times because i wanted to see what the guy said before that but mm. that was so real and so kind of like gripping um there's these bits that she puts in like lyrics from songs um from mm. black music that was really powerful i thought that could have been used more so stuff well, i like, think
1: they were actually written for it like they were, the music I, I don't know if all of it was but common did the music on this some of it i'm sure yeah. it wasn't because i know some, i've heard it. yeah before. some of it would have been other songs but some of it was written spe- specifically for this but yeah that there's was a, really well used
0: there's a um um i can't remember the name of these kinds of songs now i'm sorry i've had f- less than four hours sleep you have to forgive me um but the one, the the um, there's a man going round taking names. Oh yeah, that was really good, and that that I've heard before. It's a what's that kind of song called? Anyway, um, oh, and, we'll look it up for the show notes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then um, the spirituals. Oh yeah. right, yes. And um, and there's a rap song that I've definitely heard before in there. Um, so I, I'm not, you know, widely yeah, yeah. knowledgeable, but there were some things that I did mm. here. Um, but yeah, those were the bits that like. There's all these little bits of like personal kind of stories mm. that would grab my attention, but it kept going past them so quickly and it would just kind of move on to like the history story, which I, I just – because I have a lot of trouble with that dates and stuff, it kind of just passes me by too much, mm. I think. Like it it just kind of went over my head
1: a lot of the time. Yeah, um, there were a lot of uh, talking heads in this one. and They were all like beautifully shot. Like I've never seen such pretty looking talking heads. <laughs> I know. But – it's oh, a that lot was of the it. third
0: one. The guy who went to
1: jail—he
0: um, went to jail for three years, and, and um, because he decided to go to trial for something he oh, didn't do, kid. and then he killed himself. That story got me oh, at both times my God, that I watched it. Too. Yeah, because that kid looked so much—he kind of looked like Urkel yeah like oh, he was so kind of such a sad nerd. and i know and it was just such a weird sad story and that got me both times yeah. and that, those are the ones that you can tell that ava duvernay knew they were good stories because she dedicates a little more time to them mm. and the music changes and she everything also, the whole mood of it changes yeah, but then it goes
1: up you go past it again and, she almost builds up to that one as like the climax of the film that's not quite at the end but it's very close to the end mm. and that sort of and well, I, thought, I think alec is really
0: the climax yeah and
1: i i thought the ending worked really well because I. I uh, stopped watching this, went onto Facebook, started following Black Lives Matters and mm. tr- and now I'm like keeping track of when they have protests so that now I can go along and all that kind of thing. I like got to the end of this film and I'm like, I can't just sit here anymore. I have to like get more involved in this. It was a really good sort of, I felt a really good sort of call to action. And it, it was that little boy's story that got to me and was, I mean, the Alec thing sort of uh, helped, but his story was heartbreaking. Mm, that yeah, that was yeah. A really. Um, but it was also really um, like so I, yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, and and so it sucks because it's so, it's so short and it's so compact, and you miss all these interesting things. But I think there's a lot there are. It is quite well put together in terms of like evidence base <laughs> versus anecdote, like, yeah, because that works really well. But then you have the Alec bit is all about the evidence base, and it starts off early on. It's a lot. There's a lot of like. Um, Again, evidence, like receipts was the word I wrote down. Mm -hmm. It's like actually – because a lot of this stuff, like you, I have a really fairly good general concept Mm -hmm. of how um, the history of slavery plays out today Mm -hmm. in America. But what I don't have is specific examples that I can point to and Mm -hmm. this gave it to me. I also really appreciated early up. She did a little segment on the um, original Birth of a Nation film Mm -hmm. and as film students, that's one of the first things you study in film school – and I don't know about when you did it, but when I did it, they largely gloss over the racist elements of that film. Like, it's still. I, I, maybe it depends on who you had or whatever, but yeah. I, I don't. I
0: don't. Actually, the year we did it, we didn't even do Birth of a
1: Nation. Well, we, we did just. Something they, else. Sho- they, they didn't show the whole film and they showed excerpts from it because nobody wants to watch the whole thing anymore. But they also talk about it in its, its film history context. But I hadn't seen all the detail of it in the context of how. Overtly racist it is. Oh, I knew how, how overtly racist. I'd known that because I'd learnt it later on, but that's not. No, the way it was I definitely when I was remember
0: knowing that when I was in film school, but I don't think we actually studied it. So I think they went over it and they didn't chose yeah, not to show it. Yeah, it was to one show where it, they and they, they were like, yeah, they they basically chose not to show it because it was really racist, yeah. and they were like, you can yeah. go and watch it on your own time. But
1: this is the these are the bits. And I think I think that might be actually how I was taught it, but it was it was good to actually see that there because, so I, it was less glossing over it and more yeah. like.
0: Saying, More like saying this
1: is not something that we want to to encourage. Encu- yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is something in actually, like facing up to that kind of history. There is, but at the same and time, it's, this, it's, it is. I was, don't think how, I don't know how
0: relevant it is in terms of the courses that we were studying. No, no, taught. but it like, was it's relevant really relevant to, to this. this film, right? Yeah,
1: and there is something about facing up to the to exactly how Hollywood plays into all of this and has mm. done since its very early days. Um, well, so especially I, interesting today. But anyway, yeah. let's keep
0: going. So right, that we, exactly. We, we should get
1: through 13th before we start before on we the Before on the Oscars, yeah. Yeah, so like I, I quite liked the sort of receipts in the early part of the film. Now that drops off towards the end as like things just go past you so fast that you don't – no, I had to re- stop and rewind three times before I worked out Asata Shakur's name mm. because um, they talk about her using that name, Asata Shakur, which is her chosen name, I believe. But – what flashes up on screen is her, like, another name, like mm. her birth name or the name she was given. Um, so I got really confused and I was like, who is this Joanne person? And I had to kind of Google that name. And So I'm like, stop, pause, go back, Google that, work this out. And then I finally found out what it was. And this is the most fascinating story. Yeah, um,
0: it is. It's really interesting. Um, I, don't, I don't remember the name of the guy who uh, said thanks, Grover, but he said something else that I thought mm. was really interesting. He was good, actually. He was great. Also really good looking. Not the point. Mm. Um, <laughs> He said something about how all the black leaders had been killed
1: and mm. and
0: or jailed or something. And that was one of the reasons why they were able to decimate the black community with the drug stuff yeah. that I thought was really interesting. That kind of hit a note mm-hmm. with me that that's something that I hadn't really thought of. Mm. And uh, stuff like that, when that sort of thing came up, I was interested. But it, it's kind of like, yeah... A lot of the time I found that I fa- it was hard for me to focus mm. um, because it was coming at me so fast I couldn't actually concentrate on the things that mm. were happening. Um, so I know I missed a lot of stuff, um, especially when it's a lot of like just pictures coming up on the screen with voiceovers saying this happened, this happened, this happened. I just kind of – it was like just going past me. Yeah, that- and I was trying to pay attention too but it just yeah. went well, past it me was a lot. The, well, that
1: was a, a lot of the talking head stuff and, and um, like I know that it was important to her to get all these interviews, but to me there, were, there was probably too many of them and I would have preferred to see more use of historical footage and that kind of stuff rather than all of those, like all of that talking head stuff. No, um, It was good in terms of it gave you someone to narrate it, but um, at the same time, yeah, it probably was a bit overdone. I also feel like it's
0: going to date badly um, only because of all the references to the Clintons and Trump. Um, which is very out, overt, yeah, and
1: it, it came out before the election, yeah, um, which is clear from the film because it it talks about both um, both candidates for president and the things they've done. It's all it almost goes harder on Clinton actually because I, I probably like everybody they assumed that she was going to win. Yeah, that was what I got
0: from it as well. But they were also that there's a whole uh, montage of Trump just saying mm-hmm. horrible things. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it, well, his, but that's the thing. He's so like his, his is so overt, though. Whereas, but the, but the
0: Clinton stuff as well. They did talk about it in a more historical context, mm-hmm. and then they were like, "It's good that they've changed their minds now, but they still did this in the past." That yeah. sort of stuff.
1: It was well. The, I like that because it was holding them accountable, and it also shows like Trump's stuff is is very overt. He uses explicit racist language and dog whistle, but the the Clintons also use dog whistle, and it's all in code, and it's all like. It, you know, super predators and thugs and words like that. Mm. So it was interesting to, to see the contrast there and also um, – but she's very clearly able to show for an audience who's not conversant in Dog Whistle that the Clintons supported racist policies.
0: Yeah, yeah it's interesting. But then they also talk about um, – in that section there was this guy who was talking about how he supported Reagan –
1: Mm. Oh yeah, that's right. What, uh, when she was a, talking about a just a Say black no, church leader. Yeah, yeah, and he was supportive of Nancy Reagan because he's like, well, of course we want to get drugs out of the community, and that's. what But, and that, but she, but she was that like he saw mm-hmm. the Just Say No campaign as like being about education. Yeah, um, yep.
0: which was really interesting. So I think a lot of that kind of stuff morphed into other things, and like
1: there's this sort of this. Oh, it's like that those sort of clever ways that like that race plays into things without without saying it out loud. Mm. So when, when it first happens, people think, "Yes, yeah, sure, why not? That seems perfectly sensible. But it, it soon becomes apparent that it's got disproportionate racial effects.
0: Yeah. And there was a lot of talk about dehumanizing people that was not specifically about people of color that was also equally interesting. I mean, it was, like, the, the dehumanizing of people of color was the most important thing in the movie, and that's what it should be. But, like, the, just the idea of the dehumanization of criminals, we stop seeing them as people, Um Mm. was really interesting to me. Yep. Um, like and the stuff about prison guards and things, because that plays into stuff that's been happening in Australia as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the 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 kids prison up north. I'm so good at at Don Dale is the one. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's a Northern Territory prison, but yeah, and Australia's got a huge um problem with Indigenous people in prison. Uh, That like our rates of Indigenous imprisonment are terrible, and there's been it going back like 30 40 years there's been inquiries into um aboriginal deaths in custody and all that kind of stuff yeah um so yeah it is it's very relevant to what's going on here we're not as far along some roads as the US and we're further along others mm. um so it was interesting like we don't we don't have the corporate money here and the but we're still starting to see private prisons here Um, And we've got different sort of histories around the way they're presented, but it was absolutely Privatization in general is a much bigger problem in America.
0: Mm, Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah,
1: that stuff was really
0: interesting. Um, I I found myself less interested towards the end, but I think that's only because I did know a lot about that stuff. So it was was just a little less like it it didn't have a big
1: anvil effect on me. Yeah, no. And without that, it doesn't quite. If you don't know about it, it's a huge thing. And again, to the Oprah interview, Ava DuVernay didn't know about Alec. And so for her that was the big sort of turning point of the film. And yeah. it is for was for me when I watched it but I totally get if you knew that already you'd be like, well yeah, of course there's all this corporate money <laughs> making this happen.
0: Yeah, and it's it's really kind of um it's this uh, but there's there's a, there's another thing about it that I didn't see in this movie that I thought this movie would talk about, which is the um institutions in America that there's a kind of a slave labor. Oh yeah. um, p- um element to it that doesn't get talked about in 13th which is like they they get prisoners to do work for no
1: money that was talked about in 13th le- maybe i just didn't see no no i definitely covered this because they talk about um clothing companies that have stopped doing that but there were clothing companies using using prison labor so that they could say made in america and at the same time um, yeah, like yeah I remember slavery. it being so very they talk about like it. briefly, yeah. but I thought it would go into that more, especially with the topic that it was covering. Mm, well, I thought that was there another, would be
0: more about yeah, that because that w- I find that really, that, that, especially tying into all that um mm. money that goes into them and stuff like that. But this is, like, this is stuff that I've learned from, like, Leverage and things as well. So mm. I, I talk about Leverage so much on this podcast, I swear. But, like, yeah. Leverage has a whole uh, episode in prison that's really interesting. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, uh, yeah, th- that these are things that I've learned from, like, American TV and stuff about... about mm. and, and Orange is New Black and things like that where they right. discuss that there is basically this slave labor. Like, mm. you know, people are doing all this work for that, that they're not getting paid for. I think it has been... Uh, um squashed down a little bit and not in only are they years, but not
1: getting paid when they do get out there's no support for rehabilitation they can never vote again well they, the rehabilitation thing, a job they don't get is it basically in impossible prison
0: either.
1: yeah no they don't but um yeah it's just it's just awful the whole the whole way that sets everything up it's just Well horrible. that's the
0: thing it destroys lives and if you've got is it one in 3 or one in 4 black men do mm. time in prison and then yeah. that's it you don't get. Yeah. It's hard to get a job. Then you can't get out of the cycle of poverty, mm-hmm. um, and then there's cycles of violence and things like that that mm. continue to happen. So, yep, it's it's yeah, Terrifying.
1: Yeah. See, I, I think I've enjoyed this more than you. I can see it's got some issues. I didn't I hate it. It's of,
0: just no, I just didn't find yeah. it like as exciting as I wanted to.
1: Mm. And and, and in comparison to some other like some of your sort of big more memorable documentaries, your Fahrenheit 911s and stuff like that it's quite sort of sedate.
0: Or even like, um, remember, we had to watch The Thin Blue Line? Yeah. Which is so engaging. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, the one I mean, with
1: Robert McNamara, actually, is also really good by the same director, Errol Morris. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, that Robert McNamara just reminded me of uh, something. I was so surprised to see Newt Gingrich showing up. I yeah. was like, is that Newt Gingrich? And not only did he show up, but he was like honest about yeah. st- where he'd stuffed up and whatever. So whatever she did there to develop that trust between as an interviewer, like that was incredibly impressive to have him actually come out and say stuff that I said even, you know, two years ago was in fact I, I was wrong or I was un- misinformed or I didn't yeah. – that was fascinating that she got that kind of access. So it just reminded me of um, the, th- but the thin blue, bl- blue line but the Robert McNamara one, I think it's called The Fog of War. Oh, yeah. Um, by, also by Errol Morris. So Robert McNamara was a pretty despicable sort of guy as well and Errol Morris just gets him to kind of just – gives him enough rope and he hangs himself basically yeah um while talking so that was that was fascinating but yeah it doesn't pack the punch of some of the big documentaries that i've seen i
0: think probably the just thinking about the thin blue line and stuff the biggest problem that it has is that there's no it's all at the same level Mm. it's all at the same level it starts out bang 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 everything is so fast and it's it doesn't build to anything it's not it doesn't feel like you're going somewhere it just feels like you're like hanging on <laughs> yeah and trying I mean, to keep yeah. up i do so sort of, it did sort of build but i yeah it just to wasn't, me it did like i didn't i couldn't figure out cuz it jumped so quickly from the prison thing to like mm. slavery And then jump through things so fast that I couldn't figure out where I was up to at at times and stuff. And so I just felt like I was Mm. trying to hold on for the ride and like, what is this? how is this connected to
1: the thing we were just talking about? I don't understand. Yeah. And and it doesn't fully tell that story. It doesn't make all those connections, which is I would have liked it to do better at that because when I saw it, I was like, this is a resource I can use to help educate other white people. Yeah. Right. Um, And it didn't quite make those links quite as well as I would have liked to. Knowing the level of ignorance you're sometimes up against, um, yeah. But, um, there said, is some assumed knowledge and stuff like yeah, that in there. That, yeah. But that said, it, yeah, it's very much a, it assumes a knowledge of like it, it, it assumes an American audience, which is fine, but because it, um, it's about an American subject, but that is definitely an assumption that it makes. It is actually interesting, um, to think of it in the context of Ava DuVernay up until like five, ten years ago was primarily a publicist working in PR. And I'm interested to kind of – I thought of it – it seemed interesting in the sense of somebody who's used to trying to sell things and it's almost like she's using this to try and and sell um, this idea to people. Yeah. Which I think um, – isn't it? Yeah, that kind yeah, of occurred to me as well. Yeah, I that
0: as kind of like one long ad for it or something like that, you mm. know, like just
1: – but yeah. yeah I, well, it's like it's using ads for good. Like she's trying to do something good but it is – Very much like, yeah, that kind of um, fast and boppy and like in your face ness Mm. of it all. Yeah.
0: And like, there were, I mean, like I said, there were things that I like. And I think it's a really important subject. And I think that it's an interesting subject. Mm. Um, And, but it just, it did feel a bit like a history lesson that I'd already learned to Mm. me. And uh, I was going too quickly and I just couldn't keep up with it. I think watching it again helped a little, and I was a little less confused the second time. Yep. But I was also a little bit, bit more bored the second time, so that didn't really help that much. Yeah. Um, but it it was. Uh, I just feel like it would have been so interesting to see. Like, I feel like it could make a DVD and just put all these all these extra features of just the people talking mm. that like would almost be more interesting than the cut up bits that we see mm-hmm. in the movie. You know, just getting into the stories and getting deeper into the. Ideas mm. and stuff,
1: yeah. Rather than it just going so quick, yeah. Particularly someone like Angela Davis, like oh, that. Yeah, she when she's um, who again, in, Ava DuVernay says was a bit prickly to start with, a bit kind of uh, relu- She's reluctant to kind of tell her story on camera, mm. but eventually kind of warmed up and and told her like actually got into the personal as well as the more general stuff. Well, you can understand why, though. yeah. And <laughs> she, and also, yeah, that that's her her forte. I mean, she's doing this for so long um and it was really good to see footage of her in the 70s where mm. she's really um really confident about how she's got her statistics and she's got like evidence and receipts to back up everything she says even then she's very clear about laying out she's really good at laying out an argument and and backing things up with evidence and um so I could sort of understand why And she, that voice oh, isn't I could she just listen to
0: her talk forever yeah.
1: and then she of course is really good at um it, it, at the personal stuff is really good I think because it it almost like it it hits another level with her so
0: yeah that's that's what i mean like when you can tie the history into the personal that's when it works oh yeah that's the um Mm. and so that's the stuff that and that's stuff Mm. like when we saw fruitvale station you know i was because i saw oscar grant's name pop up and i'm like oh fruitvale station and that connected with me because Mm. i'd seen that movie and that movie does such a good job of making you live in his shoes for a little while yeah and that's i think where it's kind of it's hard to get into this because it lacks that personal Mm. effect too much of the time. And then even at the end of the movie, she actually talks about how social media and stuff can do that, Mm. can bring it home to people. And that's what the movie needed almost, Mm. you know, the movie needed to understand that.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: To the, the the power of like being able to see these images and connect with them. Mm. Um, but a lot of the images were just like, when you have a lot of images of violence, you get desensitized to them. Mm. Um,
1: yeah, and that's why I, I thought it was good at the end that over the credits, what she ran were like pictures of happy black families. Yeah, like that was nice—a nice sort of counterpoint to all of the the other stuff. Was like normal, happy people, and the and rehumanizing people who've been dehumanized. Yeah, um, I thought that was nice. Um, although, like, it kind of also was really sad as well because yeah. of what you just seen. But that's what I mean. Like, that's what it should be mm. doing. I think. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Um, <laughs> yes. So. We might talk about Oscars in a second, but we'd probably rate this one first. Yeah.
0: Um, I'd give this three stars, I think, which is my I know my go to rating, but it's like it's interesting, it's informative, but it's not I don't think it's as great as it could be.
1: Yeah, I'm probably three and a half, which is my go to. I liked it more than Katie, <laughs> but I still don't think it was perfect rating.
0: I've dropped some of my ratings because I've only just started reviewing some of these movies mm. that I saw ages ago. I've dropped some of the ratings and raised other ones. <laughs> bad, but I have anyway. Yeah. Like, um, what was it that I just did? I get, I dropped one down because then we saw Jackie and I liked Jackie better than the one that we saw La-la right Land. before it.
1: No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was – Yeah, it's hard. Like, when – once you've seen – the more movies you've seen, the harder you mark them. Like, so the longer I do this job, well, the more I – I don't know that that's true. I think it's just that I – forget. tougher I, I get. Um, like
0: – we do – we tend to review them right after we've seen them. Well, and, yeah, and you're still like the emotional so, yeah, stuff exactly. is still in your head and yeah. So like – but then when I think about it afterwards, I'm like it wasn't that good or it was better than that. Mm. Oh, uh, United Kingdom, I dropped down to two and a half stars yep. instead of three because I was like well, it just wasn't that good. Mm. Um, And like I wanted to like that more than I did and stuff like that. So mm. you're more generous at the beginning or mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still gave Moonlight five stars because Moonlight was the best thing yeah. ever and I'm so excited that it won.
1: Yeah, God. My God, though. What a freaking drama. It was amazing. It was... I'm sorry, it's just mm. amazing. Like to, for that to be
0: happening, for those two movies, for that to happen to, and especially given how crazy everything has been recently, for that to be happening specifically now, just Madness, but like, mm. also, I'm really, really glad. I'm really, really glad that La La Land didn't win it and Moonlight did win it. And this is what I was thinking about today. And I talked to a few of the parents today when they were picking up their kids because I was so excited about the Moonlight winning and stuff. But I was like, and and I've had this rant about La La Land versus Moonlight for a while. But the thing is, Moonlight. They tried so hard. They worked so hard on every level to make this amazing movie, right? Like, everything Mm. is so good and everybody is so on point. And they had so little money that we, like, I just found out today. Um, they had, they made it for 1.5 million or something like that. Yeah. Um, like, that's crazy. And they did so well. You know, everything is so good. Mm. You look at La La Land and I'm like, they purposefully
1: decided not to make it the best movie that it could be. And that doesn't deserve.
0: Yeah, it was win. actually
1: really interesting that La La Land only ended up with six tonight because like, I think it, it's funny how the Academy, it kind of works itself out. Like it was 14 nominations, oh, my gosh, that's the most ever or tied for the most ever. But it sort of kind of worked itself out and I think the voting patterns must have been like, oh, I'm not going to vote for La La Land, that's going to win everything. And it mm. actually ended up only winning the ones we thought it would, song, score, cinematography, um, Director, and I think costume? Emma Stone. Sorry, didn't win costume. Oh, costume was a massive upset. And, and sorry, actress. Yeah, costume was a massive upset, by the <laughs> way. And I, and I'm, I swear, though, that that's just like, oh, well, I've heard of Colleen Atwood. I'm going to vote for her. Yeah, that's why. It probably is. Fantastic Jackie Beast was one. robbed. Yeah, Jackie I mean, was genuinely but robbed. Fantastic piece.
0: I actually do like the costumes for, but yeah. like nothing compared to Jackie. Jackie was
1: no. better. No. Um but even so like there there weren't very many surprises up until yeah. that last moment. no there no suicide squad was I was a surprise. Uh, lots of people were like,
0: um what? only because well, I mean, we talked about this, didn't we like the, the inside the makeup community mm. um because of that. Latex thing. It was a big deal. But to everybody else, you're like, why would you reward that movie with anything ever? Mm. Now they can put on their like DVDs and forever they're just going to be able to be Uh, like. Academy Award winner (laughs) Suicide Squad. Which is the worst thing. It was the worst movie of last year. I don't care what the Razzie said. They were also held this weekend. They gave best, they gave worst picture to Batman vs. Superman. Suicide Squad was worse.
1: Yeah. Uh, I,
0: yeah. It's just. And it wasn't even nominated for worst picture. No. no, no. Wait, they didn't give it to Batman vs. Superman. They gave it to that Hillary Clinton documentary by the crazy oh, far right people right fair enough um but that did deserve to win but yeah Batman Superman it. got all these nominations and su- um, Suicide Squad didn't yeah
1: and it it's just kind of weird and I did actually make a mistake when I was talking last week about the voting the branch nominates but everybody votes on like every, right. every voting member votes so the makeup branch nominated Suicide Squad but every member of the academy had to vote for that and like well, do you know I mean most of them probably only saw Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, they probably didn't see a man called Uber and they probably didn't couldn't be bothered watching Star Trek even though Star Trek's hair and makeup was amazing. Yes,
0: but Suicide um, Squad had
1: Oscar Darlings in it. It mm-hmm. had um everybody's in love with Margot Robbie right now. It had Will yep. Smith, it had Viola Davis, and everyone who just won. <laughs> probably went yeah, exactly. And people probably went to see it. Mm. Unlike the others which is um when I was looking at an- the animated categories, also show this Zootopia won, which yeah we thought it would, but all- the also um, the best animated short was one by Piper, which shows before Finding Dory. So it's like the two movies that people would have gone to to see to see with their kids. Like people would have seen Moana with their kids as well, but they probably saw Zootopia earlier, and it it's just more Academy ish. Well, and it's I- also it's a better, better film than Moana overall. Um, but Piper is actually genuinely great like I it was one of the good Pixar ones yeah I was so glad because Piper
0: is was finally a Pixar short that wasn't heteronormative it wasn't um like those you know um anthropomorphized objects that Mm. fall in love which I'm so sick of man I'm
1: just so sick of them it was about a small creature with no determinate gender overcoming an obstacle right it was like it was perfect little character gen and it's
0: Short. Beautiful. It was gorgeous. And I saw that twice that short. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was great, both times. Like it was really interesting yeah. and fun and engaging and cute. And I'm glad that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> we're talking about all these things when just like uh, um, other things that I liked, um, Brie Larson. Oh yeah, KCF not clapping. The stink eye and not clapping and like being mad when she had to open the envelope. They did that to her twice. Yeah, she had to present him with that award twice, and you can tell she doesn't like him. Um, but the Oscars went so soft on him too.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and and like they um, they managed to tell Mel Gibson they'd forgiven him for all his fucking crimes and domestic violence and all the rest of it by giving his sound editor <laughs> a an Oscar. And the poor man had been nominated twenty times before and never won. So like, you know, how you, it's a classic Oscar fairy tale, what can <laughs> you do? But also like Hacksaw Ridge won sound edit and, and sound mixing. And sound mix and film edit as well. Yeah. So it kind of did the the war movie sweep of the technical categories.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen it, so I don't know if it's no. good
1: in those categories. No, I don't know either. I know I've some of the other ones were good, but... quite visceral. So Yeah,
0: I, it kind of looks like torture porn, but mm-hmm. a war movie, which is strange.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know if it's anything like... I, I'm imagining that the sound edit and sound mix is something like uh, what you see in, on the Daredevil Netflix show, you know, where every punch is felt and heard and you hear like squelching blood and stuff. That's I how that I imagine so it. Um, and if it did, if it did achieve that, then that yes, that is an achievement in sound edit, sound mix, and film edit. But yeah, still, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's fine, whatever. Um, like you know, it, yeah, it's kind of like showing Mel Gibson that they forgive him, but they didn't.
1: No, they did No, they <laughs> didn't.
0: Um, it's more to do with that being like a movie that a lot of them would have seen. Yeah, it, like it's the war movie. It, you mm. know, all that editing stuff is good in yeah. those.
1: And I was so pleased for Mahesh Ali. I was oh, so kind of God, relieved that he, that he won. But like, what a week for him! His wife just had a baby like four oh, days well, that's ago, nice. and he he's like up there getting this award. He's just like, ah! Uh, like, did you see that? Right we, right we, wait, wait, We read,
0: we retweeted the hug that with him in Trevante Rhodes at the.
1: Yeah, I, I did, and the the three um, Chirones walking the red carpet together. Well, I know it's so adorable. I loved it, and like. Lin-Manuel Miranda just totally geeking out over everything. I want to watch the performance that they did, yeah, actually. Yeah, I want to watch that, too. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And apparently, Oli Corvallu just did an amazing live That's performance. That's good. Which I'm, I'm glad she was good at and, singing live. And I was as, worried about that. Yeah. And as we discussed last week, John Legend made everybody actually like the songs from La La Land. Like, <laughs> and everyone's like, why didn't you cast him? <laughs> uh, it was really funny because
0: Darren Hayes tweeted something about how they he like they had emma stone and ryan gosling there and they're so hot but john legend had to sing the songs and i'm like yeah because he's better yeah um he can sing and they can't that's really funny to me but it yeah. does it's, it's the proof in, i mean the proof is there that la la land just didn't have it no um but
1: it was good because it allowed Pascal and paul to have like a really yeah. good prepared speech yeah. in which they talk about like Yay. All the kids who sing in the rain, which was adorable. I'm so happy for them. I love them so yeah, much. Yeah, right?
0: And I, I would have been happy. Honestly, I would have been happy for either of the like, the, so, the main you know songs. Mm. E- even if it was Lin-Manuel Miranda, I would have been happy because it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, but I'm also really happy that it was Pasek and Paul, so mm. like yeah.
1: whatever. Um, yeah, no, exactly. I didn't think Lin-Manuel was going to win it. Neither I, did I. Not like up against He's up got so many it. other chances to win as well. And not a, that song from Land is so memorable and so – well done. That I don't think anything else in that
0: kind of yeah. I, I mean, take it. there are a lot of like really big Moana fans, but mm. I just don't, that's not the best song from that
1: movie.
0: No, you know, it just isn't. Yeah. So, but that's fine. Mm. Um, I mean, it just really was like there's so few surprises, and then that happens yeah. at the end, and it was oh such God. a surprise. Such I was, I'm drama. still floating yeah, on that high. Yeah, I'm still
1: kind of like a bit overwhelmed like i'm sure sports fans must feel this all the time but it's like it like it finished in a nail biter <laughs> i'm my emotions are all over the place it's just like ah, oh. and this is why it's like my favorite sporting event because it's like oh my god and and also you've got like things that you love and things that you hate and things that you're like oh, of course oh yeah oh my god i love it and it, it, this is like i'm not even we're both doing this in between like working at our day jobs and like fol- <laughs> the following on twitter and we're just like don't talk to us oh my god
0: yeah. There's too much going on. And I had a crazy afternoon too. But yeah, yeah I just like just getting to see Moonlight win and th- I do think that this is partly in in a backlash against last year with the Oscars mm-hmm. so white. Um I think it's part of the political climate as well like this is I think this is the Oscars saying fuck you to Donald Trump m- as much as it is um like this is a time that's very politically charged.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and the Oscars went for politics over nostalgia well, in this yeah, case. Well,
1: yeah, because Ali is Muslim and then also um, yeah, the, the Salesman. Other, all,
0: both of them, Salesman and, and The White the, Helmets. Yeah.
1: So The Salesman won Best Foreign Film and The, so the White Helmets won Best Short Film. And both of those, uh, one of the both of those are directed by Ira- uh, one of them is directed by an Iranian, and the other one is
0: a Syrian refugee, right? Because yeah.
1: Because there was, or somebody, I know that they couldn't
0: come to the Oscars. Yeah. Um, for one of the movies. Um, yeah, and that
1: was White Helmets. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was just, and, and the um, the the Iranian filmmaker of the Salesman didn't come. He actually had gotten clearance to come into the country, but he deliberately chose not to attend. And he yeah. sent the woman. He sent was the first Iranian woman in space. That's cool. But, yeah. He, she was an astronaut who went along and, and did the read his acceptance speech for him, which I thought was really cool. Um but the, the other one, the White Helmets, got less um attention, but that was actually well, got, that, that, that filmmaker actually wasn't allowed in the country. Yeah, that's what it got the
0: attention for. But
1: it but I mean like ahead of time people were talking about the salesman. But that yeah. was yeah, those were kind of like really good um a good choices. It is it's kind of like the the Academy kind of stepping up and saying we know that we have a role here and we have to do some correction yep based on years of decades of injustice. and
0: i'm so glad it happened this year because there have been years where like i feel like that didn't go so well for movies that were really good and mm. and stuff like that but this year moonlight was so good
1: mm-hmm. and it deserved
0: all of that stuff so even if it was for political reasons mm. like i'm so glad that the better movie won
1: right And in, and a lot of a lot of good work actually got rewarded like I, I know there are problems around this, but I thought that the screenplay for Manchester by the Sea was really good and it deserved to win, mm. which it did. And Moonlight won for Adapted Screenplay. Again, Yay. very much the deserving winner. Yeah. Um, And La La Land's technical stuff, it's, its cinematography and its music and its score deserved yeah, a win, I agree. right? It was kind of yeah. like it, actually the winners were all deserved. Even um, – Visual effects, which we talked about as being the strongest category, and predicted correctly the that cinematography
0: were the would win. That we yeah, they
1: were both really strong categories. Like that, the Jungle Book, it it's not going to get in any other categories, but no. it is a good movie. It's a crowd pleaser. People will have seen it, and it it deserves it. It did yeah. really good visual effects work. So
0: I do. Yeah, I I'm. Like overall, pretty happy with. Apart from the fact that Suicide Squad is now an Oscar mm-hmm. winner, you know. Yeah. Overall, that it's a good Oscars. I, can we just talk for one minute also about how good all the men looked at the Oscars this year? Because like we always you always blue talk about suits. women in like you know and purple suits. You Tarante know. Oh, my, my
1: my friend who I talk about fashion with texted me and she's like, "What's your favorite dress from today?" And I'm like, really, they're not that great. Right. Rosamond in the blue no, suit. Yeah. All of my that? favorite outfits were, were men. Like um, I shout outs to Viola Davis. Taraji P. Hansen, who looked amazing. Yeah, everybody loved her. Um, I didn't get, Kirsten I, Dunst I, honestly, looked really good. Honestly, I didn't good. get it.
0: I don't – like, because I just don't <laughs> – I was like, oh, she looks great. But then I see other people and I'm like, oh, they also look great. I just don't yeah. like
1: <sighs> – It actually reminded me – Taraji's dress reminded me of, like, one of my favorite dresses. And if I ever have money, I want to buy it for myself, which is the one that Leslie Jones wore to the Ghostbusters premiere. Oh, yeah, that, that was great. Um, Christian Siriano Sur- did for her. Um, but – yeah, like, I, but seriously, all of the best dressed were like Riz Ahmed in his blue suit, the, the Rock in <laughs> his so velvet good. jacket, and um, who else was there? Oh, um, Dev Patel. God, he looked yummy.
0: Andrew Garfield looked too. Oh looked yeah. Too. Oh,
1: the best bit about Andrew Garfield was that um, the little boy little Alex Hibbert and also yeah, Alex Hibbert and also little Sonny Pawar both like lost their shit Which when is... they met him on the red carpet, and I was just like, this is their Spider Man, and the, he's so good. And he loves Spider-Man so much. And it makes me so happy because he, like, I'm
0: so glad that he gets to have that still, even though they took Spider-Man away from him. I mean, yeah. because he loves Spider-Man so much and he loved being Spider-Man, and these little kids get to look and, up to him as yeah. Spider-Man, and I'm happy for him. And for those for kids at that age,
1: that he is their Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, it's, just, yeah, that was just lovely. I thought that, that whole thing was kind of gorgeous.
0: Also, but that reminds me of, um, little,
1: uh, um, the room. J-
0: Jacob Tremblay mm. loved, um, Poe Dameron and was really yes. excited to meet Oscar Isaac last year. Yes. Oh. <laughs> So that reminded me of that too. Yeah. But I like getting to see them be like heroes and mm. you know, especially Andrew Garfield as such. So oh, did you that see character. Aldous Hodge
1: as well? We retweeted a picture of him. He looked. No. He was at the Oscars. He was he there. Where's the picture? I
0: um, love it'll be him. somewhere
1: down on Twitter. But God, we have I have to go so far back. We have to retweet yeah. him a lot. Well, today. I, I yes, yeah, I look down. Our and Look down at Liz not Liz. And did I retweet?
0: Me they're, saying that
1: I missed Anton Yelchin or did you retweet that? I retweeted you saying that. Okay. So that, yeah, our Twitter is nuts because actually both of us were using it simultaneously at various points. Mostly yeah. it was me, some of it was Katie. Um, and I tried – it's mostly it mostly retweets. So I didn't add too much of my own commentary because what are we going to say that's <laughs> any smarter or cleverer than any, things that other people are going to say. So, But um, Aldous Hodge was there um, repping for – Hidden Figures, which is really, I really like it when movies that are like not up for a lot of things but have a big cast make the effort, like they make the effort to have all the actors there. That's who I thought looked really good was Ava DuVernay. Oh yes, oh my god, that dress—that was cool. And Janelle Monae, both of them, like with these
0: giant dresses, Mm that was great.
1: Uh, Octavia Spencer as well, beautiful, big silver dress looked just lovely. Um, she always dresses really well. When she won her Oscar, that dress, the, the white dress that she wore when she won for the Help, was just spot on, beautiful. She does, I like them taking up space. Um, Yeah, Tadashi Shoji or works with Octavia Spencer on her dresses a lot and the both of them, they like this magical pairing. He just like, makes her the most wonderful things and she um, looks amazing. Ryan Gosling looked really good too. Yeah, oh, in his 1970s school formal tux. Yeah, it was but great. You, if, you, yeah, if you haven't seen pictures, um, hey. go look at your parents' <gasps> wedding pictures and then that's the kind of shirt he was wearing. Yeah, but it's great. It worked. She's found Aldersodge. Um I quite liked um who was it? I'm so excited. Sorry. Yeah, no no, no. it's right. There's someone who wore like a tux with necklaces. I think it was um Pharrell. He looked quite good as well. But yes. Men all the men dressed really well, so the that was very nice. And the women there was yeah, lots of beige and black.
0: Yeah, that was was a bit boring. Like the guys were dressing more excitingly than the women were a lot of the time. So I felt like I mean it's Fine, they can wear what they want to, but where was like Evan Rachel Wood in the tux or something like that? Yeah,
1: know? or just someone in a, in a colour that wasn't beige, black or red. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was a bit boring. Anyway, um, I might wrap this up because now we've started talking fashion and that is not our forte. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely not my forte, but I just wanted to mention that
0: the guys were looking hot and mm-hmm. I appreciate that mm-hmm. because, you know, that. Well, it, we – our feminist podcast, we have to watch these things all the time where people t- constantly talk about what the women were wearing. So we're trying and I to redress like, the balance. I was just like, let's just appreciate that the guys were putting it out there this time. They were making, it, you know, they were trying oh, something different. Do you know no, what's adorable?
1: Um, both Lin-Manuel Miranda and Dev Patel brought their mums and both mums looked gorgeous, like beautifully dressed as well. You know well. what else was exciting? And also they were adorable. Paul Feig
0: liked my tweet from the Oscars today. So somebody was thinking about me at the Oscars for like 0.2 seconds, and which it was nice is so exciting. was nice to Paul
1: Feig at the Oscars because he was always very sharply dressed. He was in a double-breasted suit. And he, um, he was there with his wife who also looked lovely, he had this nice patterned dress on, which I always appreciate. Because, again, it's a bit different and interesting. And he's great. And he's lovely, yes. Anyway. Anyway, I will now wrap this up. Um. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to find show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman. Oh, right. Um, that's such a, a tweet. I'll link in the show notes. Um, So, yeah, uh, show notes, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of 13th or any of the other movies that she watches, they're on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. If you want to go and – see the explosion that is our twitter following the oscars <laughs> that is at screen underscore queens we're also on tumblr tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com um, i'll try and reblog some fashion pictures there so that you can have visuals to go along with this and um we're also on facebook facebook.com forward slash silver thank you for listening bye bye